0: Welcome to the Turpin Birds Podcast. The Eagles uh, get AJ Brown. Uh, did not see that coming. Uh, they they trade up to draft Jordan Davis on day one and use the second pick to trade with the Titans for uh, star receiver AJ Brown. Um, that's the you know we're recording uh, the day after the draft. Uh, we wanted to full comprehensive draft recap, or I would more say a reaction than, than recap here. Um, so, you know, the initial excitement of, of the AJ Brown trade may have uh, uh, waned until training camp, but um, that that's, that's really the uh, the big news that the draft uh, will get into all their picks we will get into uh, you know, value and all that nitty gritty uh everything you need to know about this draft uh, so far and uh before we get started here mike how you doing i'm doing quite well
1: i thought this was a very few exciting days for the eagles i think um you know they made quite a few impactful moves that i think really changed the trajectory for the team and you know a, a lot of those i was uh, pretty happy about so yeah Uh, Doing well. Excited to talk about all these picks, the trades, you know, how we can't resist it. How are you doing?
0: How are you feeling? I'm good. Um, Very very good. Uh, uh, Another thing I learned this uh, or didn't learn but uh, realized again is that moving is very exhausting. Um, We moved to listen uh, to this apartment yesterday. It's a rough go of it. I'm a bit sore, but I'm uh, ready to talk about the the draft here. So yeah, well, I,
1: like like a lot of these people that heard their names yesterday, they'll also be moving very soon.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, very good uh, parallel there. Um, so i i I told I I, I was saying to you yesterday. I think that the theme of this draft is. Um, you know, taking big swings, uh, taking risks risks on high upside players. I think, um, you know, the Negadelphia group can find, uh, you know, issue with the Jordan Davis pick and then the the, the um, Cam Jorgens pick and the N'Kobe Dean. I think there's risk involved with both um, – you know, the, the player and the, the position in the case of uh, Juergens, the draft position, I mean, not, not uh, football position. Um, but let, let's first get into the Jordan Davis pick. So the Eagles trade up from 15 to 13 with the Texans. They jump the the Ravens, who were in uh, many mock drafts and draft sims and all that stuff projected to take Jordan Davis so they uh the Ravens have uh, had the 14th pick so and, Eagle... and even
1: calais Campbell after the
0: fact yeah, said that he, he thought
1: the Ravens are going to get him so yeah he was kind of he was kind of penciling in Jordan Davis as a russian me the, the, the defensive line the
0: Ravens front office really pissed off their star players this draft the uh, Lamar Jackson tweeting about uh, Hollywood Brown getting traded uh, and, and Calais Campbell um uh, I mean, I guess he wasn't pissed off. Nah, he was just but, like,
1: darn, we didn't get the guy. Yeah. Um,
0: but I, I guess the Ravens players very vocal about their, their draft. But anyway, so they, they, trade, they trade up with the Houston Texans from 15 to 13 draft uh, defensive tackle Jordan Davis from Georgia. Uh, they basically swapped first and sent over a fourth and two fifths in this year's draft to do that uh Jordan Davis is 6 foot 6 341 um and ran a 47840 at the combine so that's you know faster than some receivers and running backs um his, his biggest thing is uh he's he's a pure athlete like he's his measurables are unlike uh, any uh, other from of his size and position so he was uh He's sort of like an unprecedented player, um, uh, projection-wise. I I heard a lot of uh, Haladi Nada uh, comps, uh, maybe like play style, but um, uh, in college. But I, I think you know the way he was used on the Georgia defense with so many other very good uh, players. Um, You know, he was still considered one of the best, if not the best defensive player on that team, which is significant. But uh, on top of that, he was uh, taken out on a lot of passing downs, third downs. Uh, So
1: typically on third downs. He was an early down player, which, you know, makes sense. That's when uh, teams know that it's more likely teams would be running the ball. So he was – he was seeing the most snaps early down. So first and second, and he would get taken out on obvious passing downs like they're down.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, proven run stuffer, um, but in a pass heavy league, uh, you, you hope that he projects and grows into a, a pass rusher as well. Um, so, you know, his floor is really just, uh, you know, deters the run uh, Vita Vea uh, type. Mm-hmm. Um I think his uh, athleticism and, and potential uh, seems like a, a good guy, like good personality could develop into a leader, uh, locker room leader role. So I think all those things are, are positive and, um, you know, evidence that he sh- should have the potential to uh, develop his, his game to, to become a, a solid pass rusher as well um, obviously you're looking for your edge rushers to be uh, stronger pass rushers. But um, I liked his one quote. It was like two on me, someone's free. Mm-hmm. I, um, so uh, I, he's a big team. He seems like a big team guy or at least he's saying all the right things uh, right away. So um, he hyped up the Eagles fans there at the draft. After he was picked, he seems really happy to be here. Um, yeah. So I, what what was your, uh, I guess, initial reaction? How do you feel about this pick?
1: So first, I'll just talk about Davis and the pick, and then we can get to, um, I guess, what led up to it, kind of how we were feeling about the first round and ultimately our reaction live to the pick and the guys who could have been the alternatives. Uh, but, yeah, Davis, I think uh, he, was, he was a player that I think um, – A lot of draft analysts and fans at Lake have started to kind of circle their wagons around, similar to last year with Devontae Smith as a name that made a lot of sense with the Eagles. We know that, um, Howie has a history of like doubling and tripling down on the fact of building along the lines, both offensive and defensively. And through his draft, um, Availability, see, he's reiterated that. So it made a lot of sense. I think he is, he fits the bill as like that unicorn of like a player you don't see uh, very often generationally. Like he, his size, his athleticism, his traits are um, unique and unusual. And I think it makes a ton of sense uh, to make the trade up and uh, even just the pick. and we, we talked about how Fletcher Cox is on the last year of his deal. It seems like this will be his kind of victory lap with the Eagles. Um, Javon Hargrave also on the last year of his deal. I wouldn't be surprised if they brought him back just because he's still young and productive, or at least in his prime and productive. They have Milton Williams there, um, but they, they did need a pick here for the future. And I think Jordan Davis is, you know, a guy that you wanna build your team around and you would really hope that similar to Fletcher Cox, like 10 years down the line here, he's still a contributing member of the Eagles and, you know, everything that he's done in college, he was he was the best player on the best defense in college, not just this season, but like historically, one of the best defenses to ever be um, be out there on the field together. And, you know, we'll, we'll, I, I do think it's notable that he 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 gets paired with his old teammate Nakobe Dean, those two. Um, nice tandem. Um, but yeah, how did you feel about um so I guess overall i I like the trade. I think it's very reasonable. That was a pick that I was happy with. The only thing that I think is up for debate is the other alternative pick who went a pick later in similar fashion. I I don't think it's similar at all, but it does kind of bring back uh, memories of Justin Jefferson going a pick later. Um, How did you feel about Kyle Hamilton versus Jordan Davis, Hamilton going a pick later to the Ravens, who also um, interestingly enough, made a big safety investment in free agency with Marcus Williams, who the Eagles were interested in. It appears that Ravens are the anti-Eagles when it comes to safeties.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. It it didn't really bother me that much. I think one is uh, understanding the organizational philosophy the Eagles have of of uh, investing in the the lines, um, and I, I think Kyle Hamilton in the days leading up to the draft, uh, was, I guess, similar to Jordan Davis, like the hit, the potential issues in, in his, uh, measurables or in his game were sort of, uh, talked about a bit more. Um, he's, uh, he ran like a slower 40. Uh, he, he's not necessarily the, um, you know, there's one sideline to sideline highlight he had, but I think um, generally he's not the sort of chess piece like Malcolm Jenkins type uh, safety that they, they value uh, so highly. So I, I think, um, you, you know, the, the Rager Jefferson thing was so glaring because they play the same position and you can directly compare them. Uh, I, I, I've always been a bigger D-line guy than secondary guy, um, especially safety. Well, I guess, uh, you know, my, the only jersey besides um, one I got for uh, free that was a Carson jersey is Brian Dawkins. So maybe I shouldn't say uh, I'm, I'm a, a bigger – I'm not a big safety guy, but um, – I I think it, it was a glaring need and it's a more exciting pick to pick Jordan Davis. So, uh, between the two, I think it didn't, it didn't really bother me that they, uh, picked him over Kyle Hamilton. I think if they picked Kyle Hamilton and let Jordan Davis, uh, go to the Ravens, um, I I think that would have been a little less exciting, uh, Mm -hmm. overall. Um, But I I do I do think it speaks to a bigger point, which um, gives me a little more calm about the team. Is that they, this entire draft, like they've had their their guys, they've had their their vision for the draft, and they, you know, went out and executed it with intention. And I think that that's a reassuring thing, whether or not their vision is correct or will pan out is you know to be seen but i think it's um confidence building uh in the the front office from a fan perspective that they have their plan and they executed their plan exactly as as well as you know it could have gone Um, so uh, agree or not i think that you know you give up uh, you know, three extra picks basically to to get Jordan Davis, and then you trade two two more picks. So you're you're giving up five picks, uh, or I guess you're spending six because you're 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 getting the the pick back for Jordan Davis. But so six picks for Jordan Davis and AJ Brown. Uh, we'll get to AJ Brown. But um, you know, I think overall, I'm not gonna really have much of a reaction to. Kyle Hamilton going the the pick later. Um, but I think there were a couple guys in that range that they were interested in, you know, like it, it went uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jameson Williams, right before the, the Eagles traded up. So um, those were all guys that the Eagles could have been in on. Um, so, yeah. Yeah.
1: I, 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 yeah. I agree. I think like, I do feel better that, they're on the clock, and they had their choice of Davis and Hamilton. I, I think just knowing that they saw both and they chose the one they did, rather than getting the one that remained, like the Ravens. But who knows? Maybe um, you know. I'd be curious to know, like, what the Ravens, what the Ravens board was. Maybe they had Davis ahead of Hamilton, and it was just Hamilton was the highest player on the board at that pick. Um, but just briefly yeah you you mentioned like the flow of the first round leading up to number thirteen interesting uh we didn't we didn't see any quarterbacks it seemed like the the, the league was even lower than uh draft the consensus draft Twitter was on, which is kind of surprising uh, yeah nobody went before, which is kind of a bummer. it looks like um the edges went very early, um, I think. I think people were generally surprised with how teams approach the tackles. It didn't seem like they're as feisty as anticipated. Um, so like, for instance, the Giants taking Thibodeau at five and waiting a few picks and then taking Neil, I think most people had those tackles going earlier. I think that that was not a good scenario for the Eagles. I think we wanted the tackles to go sooner. We wanted the quarterbacks, and they just didn't come. So I, I, there was a point where I was like, "Oh, this is not going well." Like, this it wasn't like a doomsday quite because Davis and Hamilton were still uh, around in the like around ten or so. But um, you know, I'm glad Howie did trade up because I, I think if if he if he stays there at fifteen, there's a chance that. Hamilton Davis are not available, and I don't know who they would have gone with. It seemed like uh, you know Jeremy and Johnson really fell, so I don't know if that's kind of like all right. Maybe maybe the league just has a lower opinion of him, and I put more clout on that than just like um, you know draft analysts. But yeah, I mean, what I think it was a good move that they traded up. It, it's kind of. You know, I'm I'm curious what would have happened if Jamison Williams was available at 13. Like, would that have I mean, I don't think they 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 make that pick and then go on to trade for AJ Brown like that doesn't seem to make much sense. So um, I guess we can talk about that now. But did you have any like did you want to talk about kind of that sliding door moment like if if the Lions don't make that trade up for Jamison Williams? Do you think the Eagles take them, or do you think they bypass them and still go with Jordan Davis and continue with the trade a few picks later?
0: Yeah, I think um, I I forget exactly when when the trade happened. Uh, I feel like it happened around pick ten or eleven.
1: So what Howie said was the trade that we'll get to in a minute was contingent. On a contract negotiation? Would they no, them- I mean,
0: I'm, I, I'm, I mean, the trade up for Jordan. Oh, Davis. I see, I see. Like I, 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 if I remember correctly, it happened before the Lions pick. Yeah, it did. Uh, so, you know, that tells me that Howie must have had the intel that um, the Lions were going to pick Jamison Williams, and they clearly didn't have a trade partner in the in the Jets or or the. You know, the Saints picked uh they the Saints traded up uh with Washington um to get mm-hmm. lave at eleven. Yeah, which so. was
1: kind of a strange it, it was strange to see Drake London uh let's see, was he the first wide was, receiver? Yeah, he went yeah. I mean that that's crazy. We thought. were kind of like nervous of like the Eagles taking yeah. him in the first and That so was a really project.
0: But yeah, I think that the big splash rumored trade up was uh, if sauce Gardner fell to six and they would trade up. Um, Icky, Kwanu and Evan Neal, I think were projected as, uh, you know, the three, four, five range. Mm
1: -hmm. I
0: I saw a lot of Evan Neal to the Giants at five. Um, So with. Walker Hutchinson going as we expected, but three, four being Stingley and and sauce Gardner, uh, that, that, you know, picks three and four were bad for the Eagles and that it took two of their guys off the board, one, three, four, five. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know that they had a real shot at Thibodeau, but, um, you know, none of the tackles went before there to even like, you know, when you're talking about trading up to six or, or, or seven, like trade trading up one, one pick before or after is like a, a major difference. So, uh, those tackles not going till six, seven. Um, and then the, you know, the Seahawks take uh, Charles cross who, who could have gone uh, to the giants, um, at at seven or, or, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know, obviously this is how, how how it played out, but Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, you're basically out on the corners um, that, that you liked and then a lot, all the receivers start going right before. So if you're not trading up there uh, I, I just think that the AJ Brown thing was probably in the works for a while and they they must have valued receiver less than um uh defense. So uh I I think the the way it played out, you know, in the moment, uh it's like how how, it's a it's a good pick. Like he has very high upside um Jordan Davis and uh it's an exciting pick, like more exciting than Kyle Hamilton or or Trent McDuffie, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I think overall, like, that was a good pick in that spot, the way that the board kind of developed. Yeah. Um, but it was really overshadowed by the blockbuster trade with the Titans. Um, I, you know, I, we were, we were uh, FaceTiming at the time, and I was on a bigger delay. So uh, I had you on mute making like, <laughs> all these reactions, not knowing what was going on yeah what
1: was really funny was your reaction to i i think it was the yeah the order of events you like i got the jordan davis pick news before you you saw the Lions trade up and i think you're really hoping jameson williams was going to fall to the eagles and then you saw the lions pick jameson williams and so you from where I was watching it looked like you thought the the Lions had like swooped in front of the Eagles who were planning on getting Williams and on top of that a few picks later um, you know I get I get the brown news and it hits you like a few minutes later but in those few minutes I'm like you're gonna lose it like I don't think that this was a possibility like I don't like I know there was Debo Samuel trade rumors and I was like yeah I don't think that's gonna happen like that that would just be too costly like as far as trade compensation and then on top of that, the contract extension I think was going to be uh like a little nutty, but lo and behold howie goes and makes a huge trade gets a star wide receiver
0: we're not they talking finally, about drafting one yeah they finally uh they finally got a a star a star receiver um approval one yeah but I, th- I think, it's, yeah,
1: not, no shade to, no shade to, De- to Devonte Smith here.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's uh, entering his second year. I think uh, for him to be a star receiver, you know, that, uh, that comes with doing it consistently. And, you know, AJ Brown's been in the league for three years. He's had 2000 plus yard seasons. Um, and the, the, yeah, you know, I don't know how many touchdowns, uh, Devante had last year, but, uh, his, uh, the, the fewest touchdowns AJ Brown's had in the season was last year with five. Um, but yeah, I, I, I remember like, wait, not, not knowing what could possibly have happened. And then I saw in the ticker that the Eagles weren't there anymore and the Titans were there. Yeah. And, uh, And uh, I was just, like, trying to think why why would they trade with the Titans and – or why would they trade back uh, when, like, Jermaine Johnson was still on the board and, uh, you know, Trent McDuffie at the time and Karloftis, like, all these guys we were talking about. And uh, and then it hit me that, like, you know, they they would trade uh, 18, which – they probably would have drafted a receiver at, uh, whether it be Burks or, uh, you know, reach on Pickens or whatever, I don't know. Um, uh, for, for AJ Brown. And I, I think it hit me like a second before the announcement on the, on the TV and, uh, yeah, it was like, that was crazy.
1: Yeah. So they, they trade 18 and one-on-one, uh, or late third round pick, I believe from the saints, And they get AJ Brown and contingent on that trade was uh, the agreement to a four year $100 million extension with 57 million guaranteed. Uh, So yeah, 25 AAV uh, certainly puts them in the top chunk of the league, I believe. Um, I want to say that that's similar money to Tyreek Hill but we we know he is, he's very young. He's 24 right now, he'll be 25 when the season starts. Um, yeah, you mentioned he has three years so far in the league. He's, he's on his, uh, <clears throat> he's on the last year of his rookie deal. Um, so that, again, that extension doesn't kick in until next year. So we do have him for the next five years minimum. So as his age 25 to 29, so solidly in his prime. Uh, was a pro bowler in 2020. And as far as, um, and how I was asked about this, as far as like the Titans being willing to let their star receiver go, um, we did get to see a reaction from the Titans coach, Mike Vrabel. He did not look too pleased, but just connecting the dots here. It seems like the Titans who are kind of cap strapped right now, especially because of Ryan Tannenhill's contract, which is kind of funny. Um, I don't know what his contract looks like, but I imagine he just has such a high cap number this year because it's not like stretched out into future years. But it just seemed like they weren't willing to open open the piggy bank for him. Um, I want to say in their discussions, like they weren't even that happy to go over like 20 a year, obviously. You know, that well,
0: AJ, AJ Brown said that they were, wanted to pay him under 20 a year, I yeah. I mean, like that's 16, just... a year.
1: yeah. I mean, that doesn't even sound like <laughs> that's like ludicrous. If if you look at the market right now, like the people who are making, like, what, do, what did Christian Kirk get? Then he gets 17 a year, like something that, like that. That market has moved big time, um, and we'll see that whenever Debo Samuel gets traded or gets an extension. Same with Terry McLaren, so I think the Eagles getting out in front of it, accepting the reality of where that market's going and what you have to pay a star receiver. Um, and I, I do think we, we saw that in the draft, like teams who are unwilling to make that. Uh, I think that's why that run on receivers did happen, like with the London, Olave, um, Jameson Williams, you know, Jahan Dotson, which I thought was an interesting name to see so early in the 1st mm-hmm. Um but the Eagles get the real thing. They trade for a proven commodity in the NFL, a guy who they don't have to project. Um, I thought it was interesting hearing Nick Sirianni uh, talk about him since he saw him on the other sideline twice twice a season for a few years with the Colts. Um, so he's, he's seeing him up close and personal. He knows what he can do. And um, as far as a build, like he's uh, A.J. Brown, 6'1", 226, so like, a very big physical receiver, similar to Debo Samuel. And um, definitely fits that like prototypical X, a guy who can go up and get a ball, but also incredibly shifty, a tackle breaker, a real like highlight machine. And yeah, I, I'm still like, I think because like the draft is like so long and this, like there's so much content and like so much things happening to different teams. like it feels like people did kind of like, Oh yeah, the Eagles trade for AJ Brown next pick. Like it doesn't seem like the league has uh, absorbed this trade. And I think, um, over the course of this off season, I think Eagles fans will kind of go through ways like, Oh yeah, we have AJ Brown. What the hell? Like we just got a pro Bowl wide receiver. And at that draft capital, like I'm, I'm completely happy to give 18 and 101 and give him the, the contract extension. Cause like it, Honestly, if you want to have that player, it's either like roll the dice, get in the draft. You might hit that like once every four or five years. If you continually, um, roll the dice. And I think the Eagles are like, we're not going to do it again this year. We're going to go out and get the real thing. And they'll have to
0: pay him anyway. So exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh Eventually if he turns into AJ Brown, so like, um, Titans went and they got Traylon Burks, the best case scenario is he, he turns into AJ Brown a few years down the road and you'll have to pay them. So I know right now their cap, maybe that's prohibitive, but I'm glad that the Eagles capitalized on it. And I'm just super excited that Jay Brown is an Eagle. And I think he's going to be a great, a great, he'll make a great tandem with um, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. And I'm just very excited because I think this really changes the Eagles offense in a very big way.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also um a positive that he'll translate into this offense uh, very well like he was the number one receiver on a team with ryan Tannehill that ran the ball like i don't know 40 times a game with derrick henry i mean granted derrick henry was hurt most of last year or half of last year whatever it was um but, you know, the uh, Eagles being the number one rushing team in the league last year, you know, uh, a running quarterback, like all these a uh, uh, quarterback unproven in the passing game uh, thus far in his short career. Uh, A.J. Brown's had had success. He made the Pro Bowl a year where Derrick Henry was uh, breaking out uh, as well. So. You know he's had a lot of success in a on a on a team that is very run heavy that has a average quarterback. Um, so I think that'll translate pretty well to the Eagles' offense, who um, you know could be very uh, explosive this year um, and and may transition to a more pass heavy uh, offense depending on uh, Jalen Hurts' progression. Um, You know, obviously Nick Sirianni was a wide receivers coach. That's his position group. So um, I I think all, all very positive on top of getting a star receiver is that he, he will, you know, fit in uh, and even be uh, more of a priority. I'd hope we could, you know, record our week four week five post game podcast and we're questioning why uh, AJ Brown doesn't have more targets like we were right. with Devontae Smith last year so I, I don't want to speak too soon but um, yeah I think I think he projects very well in this in this uh, roster and uh, you know he'd probably project pretty well on most rosters in the league um, yeah so uh, he's
1: also best friends with Jalen Hurts. There was yeah. the uh, the Instagram story of, I want to say maybe like a week before the draft that he and Hertz were like doing some drills or working out together. So I, it seemed like there may have been some, uh, some breadcrumbs out there. He, um, I, I saw that they went back to AJ Brown's draft day right there on the couch when he was the call of Jalen Hertz. I, I wasn't aware that they were so so friendly and close so I think that's cool um over the draft we've we saw the Eagles make a few um moves that were supportive well not supportive but like it seemed like they're they're t- making a concerted effort to go out there and give Jalen Hurts like a guy that he knows um and the last thing I'll mention um who gets 11 you know Is that that's Pasch- AJ Brown's number yeah Pascal he has it right now. I I, I same, think that, same wide receiving uh, room. Who wins it?
0: I think 11's on its course uh, for the Eagles. So I I would be much happier with uh, Zach Pascal keeping eleven. Let him have the bad mojo or juju <laughs> or whatever you want to say, and uh, uh, give AJ Brown a new number. You know Bryce got a new number when he came to the Phillies. I, I like the new I like the new number, like fresh start uh type thing uh with uh you know coming to a new team uh that's that's my vote but uh let, let's uh you have any other aj brown stuff i feel like uh i'm good for now yeah it's very very exciting uh we'll we'll check back in with him in training camp i, I suppose like I, I don't know it's just they how ha- he's on the team like that's yeah that's i'm great.
1: curious when his press availability will do Yeah. It's like he wasn't drafted, but he's definitely part of this draft class's efforts.
0: Yeah. I mean, they, they needed to draft a a receiver and, uh, they spent 18 to basically do it. Um, so, you know, they they were going to spend 18 anyway. So they basically filled that second first round pick with AJ Brown, uh, and they only cost them a third basically. Um, but yeah, so in the second round, uh, with a few guys, uh, on the board that at least I liked, uh, number one of all, uh, George Pickens, a receiver from Georgia. Um, even though you sent me some, uh, scathing, uh, coaching quotes on, on Pickens, uh, the Eagles elect to take a center from Nebraska, uh, Cam Jurgens, um, you know, the, at the time of the pick. I wanted to be upset. I, I, I like wanted to be angry, but I couldn't, I couldn't like will it uh, within me to, to be that mad because the logic was so sound Um, you know, obviously Jason Kelsey uh, took a while to decide to come back or not. Uh, Nick Sirianni sent a keg to his house to help him decide. Uh, So, you know, I, I don't foresee that happening every year until he's, uh, unable to, uh, you know, literally play the game anymore, um, let alone a high level. So, uh, all signs point to Jason Kelsey's final year, having a guy to wait in the wings to learn from him. Uh, Jason Kelsey himself, uh, has said that, you know, he, he, he loves this guy. He sees a lot of himself in him, a very athletic center that can play uh, guard as well. Um, kind of like, I guess, Landon Dickerson at the time. Uh, yeah, I, I
1: would... Somebody, a reporter did ask about his versatility, and I do think it's a bit of a stretch to say that he has it because he's... Jurgens has only played center uh, in his college football career. He actually... I thought this was interesting. He came to Nebraska as a tight end. He converted to the offensive line, playing center. had a, had a really great uh, college career, but he he never he never had snaps elsewhere. And they think that I, I think the way that Sirianni framed it up was like he's a center who could play guard. And I think Landon Dickerson Landon Dickerson was a guy who could play
0: a guard uh, who could play center.
1: Well, no, just a guy who can. Like an offensive lineman who could play center guard and a guy who even played some tackles so like the big difference is dickerson has the size to play center and guard jurgens is an undersized but very athletic center who could probably be a very small guard so i don't think they're going to be eager to put him in guard unless they unless they're in a pinch and i think that's kind of the the debate or the criticism of the pick is this is a guy who will most likely like best case scenario, he has a red shirt rookie year behind Jason Kelsey and you know, who's to say that Jason Kelsey doesn't come back next year. If he has a really good all pro season, like he did last year. But I think as far as Jurgens, the the pick, um, I, I, think like, uh, Brugler, I believe had him at his 48th overall player on his big board. So I think, um, as far as like the value and the player and the profile, I think it's that that makes sense. I think it the conversation is a bit different when it comes to like his playing time and the investment of resources, um, which I agree immediately. I think that that may be where you dock some points if you feel so inclined. Like I would like to see a second rounder having day one snaps. Yeah. But, I, I, like, I, I know that you're not just drafting for next year. You're drafting for down the, down the road and Howie Roseman, if you want to believe it, or if you think it's kind of lip service, he's saying he, he he mentioned the, uh, the Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, just like having a, this continuous streak of excellent talent at an important position. I think that may be overvaluing it a bit, but also I would be, Lying if I said that I didn't want the Eagles to be picking best player available at 51. And it seems like Jurgens was that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I go back and forth also. Um, I think the, the logic of the pick kind of wins out when you factor in everything else they've done in the draft, um, you know, draft, uh, rounds two and three were, were day two. So, uh, I think similar to the, they picked Jordan Davis. You're kind of like, you know, that's good, but I don't know. And, and, and you're kind of like waiting to see what they do with 18 and then they, they blow 18 out of, out of the water. Um, and you kind of forget about the the Davis pick a bit. Um, that, that kind of happened with, uh, with me, uh, during the the second uh, round you know i I didn't really know Kobe Dean had the pectoral issue and that's kind of why he fell so i I was re- excited to for them to pick Kobe Dean uh, in the second round um, but you know the intel on him seemed to be uh, uh, correct and uh, he fell to them at a uh, 181 or whenever wherever it was when Whatever 30. their
1: third,
0: oh, whatever 80, their third, just round. 83, 83. <laughs> oh, they traded one Oh one or well. They traded one, whatever. They traded uh, uh, in the fourth round anyways. Uh, so, you know, I, I think getting the Kobe Dean in the third round and you can get like the center of the future, hopefully like if Jurgens ends up being the center for the next 10 years, uh, then that's a really good pick. So um. Uh, i think that fits the theme of you know taking taking risks uh for for a a bigger payoff like if he if he's going to be their center of the future then that that's a good that's a good pick um taking a center in the second round i think is tough um uh so it's certainly a tough sell to the
1: fans but i think it's like like it's one of those things where it's like all right you like it kind of feels like it's the vegetable moves like, all right, nobody's going to like this, but like it's the smart thing to do in the long run. I, and yeah. I think you could you could make the argument that like, it is probably too eager of a pick, especially knowing the the, miracle, the miracles that Jeff Stalin has been able to pull off. But if he's the highest rated player that you have on your board by a large margin, I, I think like that's when it comes down to you trust your scouts, you trust the front office to do the work, to identify the players who will, you know, help build your team and its future. So I like they they seem to be happy with the pick, and I think that's good. Like it didn't feel like they were like uh, ambivalent about it. And just just real quick, Tyler Linderbaum he went uh, twenty five to the Ravens, the consensus consensus first center in the draft. Some teams it was reported had Jergens higher than. Uh, linderbaum so Durgen's is a really good prospect, and I think they had Jason Kelsey on on some network uh, live at the time of the draft. And um, the I forget who who the uh, the announcer speaking with Kelsey was, but like you could tell he was really uncomfortable that they just drafted what appears to be the center of the future. And Kelsey's like, "Oh no, like the Eagles, like we were on the same page. Like they asked me to take." Take a look at some tape and like I like we we both agree that Jurgens was the guy that over the past two or three seasons, like he's the guy that I think most mirrors my game, my talent, my playing style. And I think like I you know I'm I'm thrilled with this pick. So I, I do think taking uh Kelsey's evaluation, like to me that does that that makes it feel better to me. That like not only does it have his seal of approval, but like this guy's on the same page with the staff when it comes to the future at the position.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think it also goes to, you know, all that factors into uh, him being a guy that they targeted and, and picked. Uh, so, you know, it's their organizational vision that they executed with uh, with intent, And I think, you know, the, other teams in the city, like the Flyers feel extremely aimless and have for quite some time. The Phillies felt very aimless for a long time uh, until, uh, you know, going after and getting guys this off season. So, uh, you know, the Sixers were aimless until they, they processed. So I think cons- taking into account, like, what a organizational – you know, process can look like uh, this one gives me a lot of confidence that they have their guys and they go after them and they get them. And uh, you know, it's the boring pick, but it, the logic is there. Uh, so overall, I think knowing that they what they do in the third round and and already you know you could argue that it's already a great draft from the AJ Brown and Jordan Davis uh, first round. So um you know i think this pick looks a lot better taking the full draft into account Mm -hmm. Uh, i did see a uh chart or graph on nfl network that like 66 percent of the players in the league uh right now are third round picks or beyond um so i think that that chart yeah, I didn't look into it too hard. There's a lot of draft coverage from the weekend, but um, it's probably skewed, like, you know, not everyone on the 53 man's gonna be a first round pick. Uh, so just by numbers shoot yeah, by the that, numbers game, that, like that's, that falls that's probably in line true. With... But uh, the point that the the analysts were making was like you need to find value in the later rounds also, because if if you're not if you don't hit on the first or second round, you're you're kind of screwed. So um, you know, I've, for whatever value you can take out of that chart, like, I think it, it's kind of, you know, a a sort of centering, uh, a thought of like, you know, you're putting all your value into one player in the first round or in the second round or something to guide the future of the franchise, which is true in, in a lot of cases, but also, uh, you need, your later round picks to hit like, you know, Jordan, my or uh, I don't know. I mean, Zach McPherson hasn't done much. Uh, Rasul Douglas ended up being uh, pretty solid. You know, he's an NFL player. He's a third round pick. Um, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. That reminds me of that, like kind of that tweet we see every year. Where it's right, right around the, the end of the draft when they say like the most hall of famers by round is the undrafted free agents is like, yes, well, that's, that's how the numbers work out. Yeah. <laughs> like there's an infinite, there's like a borderline infinite amount of undrafted free agents just by the virtue of only like 250 some players get drafted each year. Like there's triple that undrafted free agents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the third round. Um, as we mentioned the Eagles draft linebacker Nakobi Dean from Georgia uh, he was projected as a late first uh, early second but he fell to the third round because of his uh, pectoral injury um, the eagles announced that he would be at a rookie camp next week so he seems to uh, have not i guess needed surgery or uh, you know wasn't as serious as uh, other teams uh, read uh, there were a lot of quotes with the Eagles medical team and, uh, going back and forth and, and, uh, triple quadruple checking, like, is this uh, going to be a concern? And, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, both, both him and both Nicobe Dean and the Eagles don't seem like, uh, his injury, uh, concern will last him, you know, more than just the short term. So, um, he, I think his biggest, um, trade is his leadership. He was the, the captain of the best, uh, one of the historically uh, best college defenses. Um, he, you know, there was this, uh, clip of him, uh, you know, chewing out as, his, uh, his linebacker made on one play and then his, his uh, I forget, um, his name? yeah, Tyndall, um, uh, and then he made a play on the next uh, play and then he kind of talked him up a bit uh, after that uh, positively. So he, he seems to be a, a good personality, a, a leader in the locker room. And uh, you know, they, they haven't really had that since Malcolm Jenkins. I, I think uh, Fletcher Cox is kind of, you um, You know, on his way out, uh, lead more of a lead by example, less vocal guy. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins was the vocal guy um, in in that locker room. Darius Slay is a veteran, um, but he's a, a bit. You know, sort of like a goofball uh, a bit. Uh, he's not necessarily like that Malcolm Jenkins type leader, Brian Dawkins type leader in the locker room. So I think that Nicobe Dean could be that kind of guy if he develops into a, a strong player. Uh, so that's that's one uh, element of of the pick that I like a lot. Um, also, he's very quick he he can rush the passer drop back in coverage like he's very versatile
1: yeah he does a lot um yeah i mean i think he's i think a lot of people would say he he's certainly on the short list of like the biggest steals of the draft i think it is a, like it is still like a murky situation you know i'll take the eagles and Nakobe's word at What they're claiming, which is like they're unconcerned they're unbothered like you know you get nicks and bruises, but. um, You know there's 31 other teams in the league that seem to be way more. um, cautious of picking him. Um, So, and even if that's the case like I think you could still say if he's going to miss a large chunk of the season, because he has surgery or say the whole season, I still think that you could defend this pick at 83. Like like you said, he was a guy that may have gone at the tail end of the first or the early second if um, if there were no concerns injury wise. And the, the, my understanding is this this came up in preparation for the combine. Like he he had uh, the pec strain, and because of that, he didn't um, do any of the drills or measurements. So like there were some questions. And he is about, only
0: twenty one. Like if he messes his Age twenty one to twenty two season, mm-hmm. and is a very solid player for ages twenty three through you know thirty. Then that's a great pick.
1: Yeah, and the other knock on him is that he is undersized. He's 5'11", 229 So he's not like he's not like the biggest like traity type linebacker. But like you said, he was the heart and soul of one of the best college defenses ever. Uh, I do like the fact that he's getting paired up with his old teammate, a guy who, you know, Davis was kind of a guy clogging up the middle. So Nakobe could knife through and find the running back or get to the quarterback. So I do like that. And the name that's been compared to Nakobe as like a projection is Roquan Smith, who is a very good uh, Pro Bowl linebacker with the Bears. And uh, going back to his draft, he was the guy who was taken pretty early in the first round. So. I think maybe you look at him like you for whatever reason you got a significant discount on the player and i think he's he's certainly like the linebacker of the future for the eagles i like what they did with kaiser white and you know Reddick, not traditionally a linebacker more of an edge guy but like i i like what they've done with that group they've certainly propped it into a more legitimate group and yeah nicobe dean i think you know, there's certainly a risk involved here. Other teams weren't willing to go there. I think it was smart for the Eagles to make the move. A lot of people were saying, like, dang, like every pick in the second, third round, like, why isn't Dean Gunn? So I was happy it seems like the Eagles traditionally don't take that player, but I'm glad I'm glad we finally got one.
0: Yeah, you kinda felt like, you know, the these picks where, you know, John Dormboss made the uh, announced the pick. Um, and it just felt like, you know, he Nakoby Dean's falling. Uh, and y- you just know like similar to the Jordan Davis pick, you just know like what who the Eagles are, are taking at the time, and that feels like a classic um, you know, like a successful Eagle pick. Um uh, but maybe that's just because you know your your guess aligns with reality, so you feel a little better about it. And by you, I mean me. Uh, <laughs> I feel a little better, a bit better about it. The the jerk it, it feels like it's either you know exactly who they're picking and they pick them, or they pick someone completely like unexpected, like the Hertz pick, the Rager pick, the the Jergens pick this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I I don't know if that. Makes him a a future like great eagle, but uh, it it was exciting to see John Dornbos come up. uh, Know that Nekobi Dean fell and they they picked him uh, immediately with the 83rd pick. Um, uh, Moving on here. The Eagles trade uh pick 154 to the Jaguars for 188 and 198. Uh they traded up from 188 to 181 uh to select linebacker Kyron Johnson from Kansas. I think they announced him a, they announced him as a linebacker, but he's an edge rusher or the other way around. So I think he was I, listed as a defensive end on l e c s p n
1: yeah, I think so he was I wanna say he's he had five years at Kansas because of the COVID season. And I want to say for most of his time at Kansas, he was um, listed as a traditional linebacker. And I think his last year, he played kind of that Janard Avery role as the Sam linebacker guy who was kind of, you know, c- coming rushing from uh, the standup position. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see what the Eagles do with him. They, they announce him as a linebacker. I think he falls in line with uh, the Hassan Reddick role, a guy who may be listed as a linebacker, but will see his fair share of snaps rushing the passer. Um, he's six foot 231. He ran a four, four at Kansas pro day. So like a guy is, he's, he's, he's got some speed. Um, I know he was a guy at the senior bowl who turned a lot of heads. I think, Uh, Andy Weidel even mentioned, like, that's where he caught our attention in a big way. Um, But yeah, he was an off-ball linebacker and an edge rusher towards the tail end of his time at Kansas. Um, Yeah, I think he's another guy who, um, I think they have him pending as a guy who will have a pretty big impact on special teams. I don't, you know, again, this is, uh, you know, this is pick 181. I do think it's interesting they traded up seven picks, so I think it was a guy that they've that they identified as a guy that they really wanted. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see what like where he'll land in the the pecking order in either the linebacker room or the edge rusher group. But I think he seems like a guy that they kind of have tabbed as maybe like a Sean Bradley type way, and that they're thinking like he'll, he'll be an immediate contributor on special teams and anything beyond that is gravy you know if he can develop into the legitimate backup for reddick i think that would be cool but again six round pick here i think once you get this deep into the draft you're really looking for like even the smallest contributors and even when you're thinking about the 53 like you know he's it's not a given that he'll make it he could be a practice squad guy but i think they like him because of his traits he's got that speed he's got you know, he's smaller, like he doesn't really have the size, but I think they like uh, the motor, the speed.
0: Yeah, I think um, they, they clearly value that Jernard Avery type position. Uh, obviously, it didn't work out with Jernard Avery. I forget where he went. Uh, uh, maybe Denver or something, or that's Singleton. But, um, so I, I like that they are taking another stab at it with a late round pick. Uh, you know, I think that's a smart thing to do. And, and, you know, they're not, I, they traded for Jernard Avery, if I'm not mistaken. So they're not really wasting that much, uh, that many assets to try to replace that, that role. And they have Hassan Reddick now. So.
1: Yeah. It kind of reminds me of last year's Patrick Johnson.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, another Johnson, we wanted a Johnson, uh, edge rusher and we got one, uh, only it's not uh, from Florida uh, State, but from Kansas. Anyway, so uh, their final pick in the draft uh, at 198, they draft tight end Grant Calcaterra from SMU, same school as Shake Milton, uh, by the way. Uh, do you want to? I I I I missed this uh, pick as I was moving, so you know late. Late, Later uh, was the seventh or sixth round. Sixth round. Yeah, this, yeah. this was a few picks after uh, Chiron. So yeah,
1: Calcaterra. He was a guy who. So he had kind of two stints in college football earlier in his uh, college football career. He was at Oklahoma, um, and at that time, um, I want to say it was probably 2018 or 2019. He was thought as like an eventual guy who could be a day two prospect. Um, he's a smaller tight end, but he's got some, he's got pass catching abilities. He's more so that than a blocker. So like, think like the opposite of Jack stall. Like if he combined him, you got a really good prospect. Uh, but he was catching passes from Kyler Murray and later on also from Jalen hurts. So I mentioned them going out and getting guys that hurts is familiar with Calcutta is the other guy from AJ Brown. And he ended up walking away from football from Oklahoma after he experienced a few concussions, that was something that, um, you know, that gave him pause. And he's like, all right, like, I just gotta, you know, this is too much for me. Um, so then he had this stint where he was preparing to become a firefighter and EMT in California. And he kind of had this change of heart when he saw, forget which draft, maybe 2020 and um that's when he's like you know what he he kind of had a a second epiphany he's like i'm going to go back i can always be a firefighter one day i know i can't become an nfl player when i'm 30. so that's when he went back to smu uh for his last year had a somewhat decent productive season and yeah that's him i mean he, he, he he was a guy who uh back in his oklahoma days was penned for maybe a day two pick Uh, The concussions and the firefighting interests his walk away from football Um, He's a guy that I think like there's an upside swing here. Um, There's definitely a risk, obviously, with his medicals. But he's a guy who I think could be a nice, solid backup behind Dallas Goddard if you're just looking for like a pass catcher. Um, And we know that the Eagles did did quite a bit with 12 and 13 personnel. so. yeah, I, th- I think he's a guy that he'll have to fight for a roster spot uh, that's a crowded room now with JJ Arthago Ortega- Ortega- Whiteside. Um, but he's certainly got, you know, some pass catching ability, and I think, you know, we'll see what he does. I think it's, you know, again, similar to Kyron Johnson, this is a sixth round. I don't think uh, we're, we're labeling these guys as like solid guys for the 53. I think they'll have to fight their way in it, but he certainly has the tools to become uh, a second or third tight end in an offense.
0: Yeah. Um, and then they sign a, a whole host of undrafted free agents. Um, I think we can just talk about the significant ones. Uh, yeah. one, one being uh, quarterback, Carson strong out of Nir- uh, Nirvana uh, Nevada. <laughs> yeah. uh, I believe Brugler had him as like the, the sixth or seventh uh, quarterback uh, mm-hmm. in the draft.
1: Yeah, he had him um, as a fourth or fifth round grade and yeah, uh, so quarterback that's, six.
0: That's solid a uh, uh, value. Uh, I think the 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 book on him is he's not mobile at all and he's had knee issues. Yeah, um, his
1: his knee thing, like just looking at it, like he's got like Sam Bradford knees. It sounds like yeah. like he has a d- degenerative knee issue that like he's had. Um, what is it? Like. I don't know. He, he, he has some sort of like pins in his knees um, and he's had to like drain it a few times. So I don't think that's something that will ever quite be right, but um, he, he's got a big arm. He's, he's immob- immobile. So again, uh, with Calcaterra and Jack still, he's like the opposite of Jalen Hurts. He has the arm talent. He doesn't have a whole lot else, uh, but a cannon for an arm, and yes, I think it's very clear that the, the NFL is like, yeah, your knees, your knees ain't going to work, but Eagles, Eagles got him on an undrafted free agent deal. They gave him a lot of guaranteed money and maybe he can be the third quarterback or the eventual backup. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think Minshew's it's good. Uh,
0: Minshew insurance. Um, so, you know, at, I, I think uh, just from that perspective, it's a good uh, uh, pick. Um mm-hmm and definitely the strongest late round or undrafted quarterback that they uh, got in some, in some time, like, you know, I don't think Sudfeld, even though, you know, Doug and Howie or whoever say that he wants to be a starter in this league. (laughs) uh, I don't think Sudfeld was, you know, good enough to be the, be the actual backup. Um, You know, you have Flacco. Uh, uh, and Clayton Thorson obviously didn't work out, so I, I think he he's a strong future backup. Uh, yeah, but, strong. Uh,
1: I see what you're yeah.
0: doing. Oh, and he's the first uh, quarterback in Eagles history to with the name Carson, so um, that's cool. And uh, we, we,
1: very briefly, we should mention the commanders drafting
0: Sam Howell yeah, in the Sam fifth Howell. round, and they uh, they um. Uh, they, they, had a, know, sat, they had to get him a box down of Carson. tissues and say, hey,
1: Carson, this yeah. isn't about you. This is they, about yep. us and the, the team moving forward.
0: So, yeah, they had to have a whole uh, debrief with him before they made the pick. Uh, and then I think the only other significant, uh, un, uh, as far as significant uh, undrafted free agents go, uh, uh, Josh, Joshua Joby or Job. Uh, Yeah, I read it as
1: Joe, but I'm not for sure.
0: Um, Cornerback out of Alabama. He had a fourth uh, or fifth round uh, grade. Obviously, they need a a second corner. But uh, he he came up on the board uh, in the fourth round. I remember seeing some stuff on him. Uh, He had uh, some injury history. Uh, I think he uh, wasn't there also some, like, personal stuff uh, with him
1: yeah i'm not i don't know too much about him i know that he was the uh he was a starter at alabama you know so take that for its worth he was able to hold down that position uh his senior year i think he 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 lost a lot of draft stock just in his performance um there's i I think it was zach um lancer said that like there's potential position change to safety which you know the eagles also need and didn't touch so just the name the watch. Um, I'll also mention Mario Goodrich from Clemson. He was another late cornerback. I believe Brugler had him penned as a six-round grade, but you know, a cornerback had another big program. Um, yeah, it's nice to see the Eagles. Like I think they really attacked this undrafted free agent class, knowing that they only had, uh, or they only ended up with uh, five grade, or yeah, five draft picks. Um, you know, they came in with ten picks. So they know that they needed to find some value on these undrafted guys. And you know, we'll probably see some more movement on that front over the next few days or so.
0: Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, do you want to do a, a letter grade or a, out of 10 grade? What? How would you yeah, grade well, the, the draft?
1: Um, let's see. I th- so like the popular grades that I've seen, or at least the popular range has been, anywhere from a to a b plus so i think we're already like solidly and feeling good about it i think i would probably give an a minus and most of that is you know i i think where you could dock the eagles and i'm not even saying like that it wasn't worth it but you know they come out or they go into the draft with 10 picks they come out with five but you know that's not counting aj brown as part of that group which you know obviously you should and the jordan davis trade up, i think is you know, certainly warranted. And I think the only other thing is like the Cam Juergens, like, is he going to be playing how soon? Um, So, yeah, I think right now I'm feeling a minus. How about
0: you? Yeah, I think um, it's uh, right now. I feel in that range, a minus B plus, I would say even uh, a, I was very high on the draft overall. I think Uh, some of the questionable picks on their own uh, were, uh, the, the, the uneasiness subsided with the following move. Um, so I, I think this draft will probably take a, a a couple years to kind of find out how, how it was. I, I don't know that they got, um, you know, outside of, I guess, AJ Brown, it wasn't even a draft pick, uh, immediate contributors, uh, but I think that the philosophy of drafting someone to learn for a year and then take over the position is, uh, smart and, you know, they're a team they're coming off a playoff season. So they're a team that wants to compete this year. So, uh, I think on, you know, fair or not putting, uh, these, Picks in a position to perform immediately uh, isn't always a recipe for success. So I think you know Jordan Davis and and Jergens and and Dean will have their time to develop. Um, and and this might you know all drafts take time to kind of get their final grade just because of how young the players are and all that. But I think this draft especially will will take a couple of years to see if these were good picks or not, um, mm-hmm. you know, Derek Barnett, uh, was expected to contribute right away. Um, obviously Devonte Smith contributed right away. So there, there's some, uh, you know, this draft doesn't feel like, you know, they're drafting the, the Rager, or the Devante Smith that's supposed to contribute immediately. Um, so none of, none of these guys, I expect to be like the, the top guys this year. And I think that's, you know, a good thing. Um, going back to like Lane Johnson and Fletcher Cox, I don't really remember um, if they, you know, started right away. I remember Lane Johnson had the suspension for the uh, PDs or the, uh, or a substance, whatever, illegal substance, vitamin, whatever it was. So I remember I was kind of down on him at the time, but I also was very uh, much less knowledgeable about uh, football at the time as well. So, um, you know, the, I, I would say a minus a, a, a flat out a, uh, is my, is my grade. And, and, you know, we'll see a lot of these guys are developmental, um, kind of guys, I guess. Yeah.
1: And I, I think the last thing I'll mention is like, they just didn't do anything in the secondary. Like we mentioned yeah. a few names. And the said that group, there's but...
0: no movement on Teron Matthew. Either, yeah. I mean, so... that doesn't mean much.
1: Like he's not going to yeah. say like, yeah, we have a deal impending. Like, yeah, that, that's a, that's a whole Uh, public negotiation yeah we'll see what they do there they certainly need to figure out what they're doing at uh, the second quarterback spot and the second safety spot so that's something that they'll really need to attack and we'll see if they can do a good enough job right now it feels like it's that's going to be the number one uh, spot teams are going to attack
0: so yeah all right so uh i agree uh we'll we'll be back uh when there's something to talk about. Uh, I think we're entering the dog days of the off season here Not much to prepare for until training camp. So um, hopefully there's a safety or corner signing uh, soon that we can talk about, but uh, for now uh, for Mike, I'm in. Thanks for listening.